1: From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. I love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're well, Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier
0: Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics!
2: Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. How you doing?
1: Um, I'm not sniffing a weird piece of nylon. Oh,
2: if by weird you mean the championship net that I cut down two weeks ago, then yeah, it's weird. It wasn't two weeks ago. A week and a day ago, I guess.
1: Yeah, get it together, dude. It
2: feels like it's been a year, and it feels like it was yesterday to me.
1: I mean... It definitely feels like a year if we're talking about how much you're talking about it.
2: Yeah, well, I just, you know, I just feel like... The as sniffing many part, says-
1: the, the sniff, it's like you've sexualized it, which I really resent. It's Indiana basketball. It should be more pure than you sniffing it.
2: Well, you can call it sexualizing it. I just think it smells like victory. Uh, it sounds what like movie? Vince McMahon. What movie? Uh, any given Sunday. I don't know. Apocalypse Now, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. In this case, I love the smell of nylon in the afternoon.
1: Are we done with this bit now?
2: You don't seem like you're in a great mood right now.
1: Well, I mean, it's just like I knew I was going to have to live with this championship thing for a while.
2: Right. It's only been two episodes.
1: So, but it doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy it. The whole thing is I was dreading having to live with it, and now I am. And yeah, it sucks, just like I thought it would.
2: But you know that when you tell me it sucks, that just feeds the beast. It, i just, just want kidding, to do
1: man. It more. You know I'm so happy for you. There I we mean, go. Sure, I would have loved to win it, but I knew how much it meant to you, and I just, I love that for you.
2: You know who else finds it insufferable and was worried that it would be insufferable is our good friend, Evan Martin, because we are... Powered by...
1: communitycards.com
2: by the way, I have it on good authority. yeah, that Evan Martin and Community Cars is the go-to car dealer for Indiana University men's and women's basketball players when they need a car
1: why wouldn't it be they got great cars they got great deals and they got great people and they're not jackasses no that's that's why as long as you're not a jackass that's where you should buy your car
2: that's exactly right great people do it by phone do it over the internet do it in person whatever kind of yeah do it by phone is not great right or do (laughs) it over the internet that's probably not something they want
1: no no but look we overpromise. And (laughs) under-deliver.
2: We tend to go the opposite way. Um, Listen, it's a big week, not just because of our guest, who is a big guest literally and figuratively because of all the drama surrounding getting him, but it's a big week, Ward, because it's IU football week. It's Buckeye week. I mean, all of not just Hoosier
1: Nation, but College Football Nation wants to know who's kicking for Indiana.
2: All right, so you knew we were going to talk about this. (laughs) I teed it up for you, buddy. I was hoping you wouldn't have seen it because (laughs) you and I have talked about this in the past, about the secrecy around who's going to start and the advantage that you think you can gain. And by the way, it is only a week one advantage. If, If there is any incremental advantage it's only week one because after week one either the guy is good enough and you know that he will start right so that there's no surprise wait wait Or he sucks
1: are we talking about a quarterback or a kicker right
2: now i'm going back i'm starting at the quarterback stuff because there's still that controversy they're not controversy there's still that mystery as well but my point and i want to dig into this because (laughs) my point is it's only good nominally for week one because after week one, either the quarterback that you played sucks and nobody cares, or he was really good and then there's no surprise. If he sucks, well, then the, the team doesn't even care. I mean, it's <laughs> like, we we get it. So, but Tom Allen has taken it to a new level. For anybody who did not see the report, Indiana honestly has been an object of ridicule since the press conference today because Tom Allen announced that while we have a starting kicker (laughs) he is not announcing who it will be ward you've been on me before about my quarterback problem
1: i get it look ohio state is game planning they're scheming they're trying to figure out is it a left-footed kicker is it a right-footed kicker you know i mean Are you sure that our
2: guys are one of each? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But here is why I think the thing is so stupid, Ward. Let's just do a couple, uh, an exercise here. You agree that the only reason that he's doing it is because he thinks there is some advantage to it, right? As minuscule as it might be, he thinks there is some wiggle in the margin And if you're going against Ohio State, you find it anywhere you can possibly find it, right? The only other possibility I can think of is he
1: knows it's going to create a firestorm on social media and that there's no such thing as bad publicity.
2: Yeah, that is bad publicity. When they are making (laughs) fun of you because you have not announced a kicker, that's bad publicity. But just go with me here. Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. That is why you keep it a mystery. Okay. Yes. So by not saying who the quarterback is or who the kicker is, which just makes me laugh. But by not saying who the quarterback is, what you are hoping is that the team you are playing against prepares for both guys, right? Yes. Okay. So two reasons. I think this is stupid. One, then just come out and say, we're going to play both guys probably an equal amount of time. Okay.
1: That's one. Okay, it might be lying though. I don't know how you feel about lying. i I, I love of, lying. Yeah, but, I love but, it. But Tom Allen's such a better guy than you,
2: bullshit. He's <laughs> lying in a different way. He well, no, it's not bullshit. He is a better guy than me. And I love Tom Allen. But here is my point. If you are playing the strategy game and you think there is room to to um gain an advantage, he has said, Ward, that he knows who the starting quarterback is and that the quarterbacks know who the starting quarterback is and that the team knows mm-hmm. okay yep then come out and announce the starter as the other guy
1: <laughs> if be you're lying.
2: trying to gain an advantage and you think that Taven Jackson is your starter come out and say it's the other guy and then when they ask you about it go yeah, I changed my mind last minute. Who Like, who, there is no penalty for it. You don't, there's no, there's no, uh, you don't get paddled. You don't get docked pay. Why would you not do that if you are actually trying to gain an advantage, then come out one time, you only get to do it once, and lie? <laughs> I'm being dead serious here. I'm being dead serious. I want I know. you to tell me I, why I'm wrong.
1: Uh, I I just... As soon as I saw the headline and the subsequent tweets by other people raking this move over the coals, I was like, this is tremendous. This is going to drive Eric up the freaking wall and I'll have a a front row seat for it. And here I am. I really I don't have a lot to contribute besides laughter. Uh, Sure, I agree with you. But the level to which it upsets me is very dissimilar.
2: The the (laughs) idea of it. You, as you know, bothers me more than it bothers you. The idea of not announcing because I just uh, think no, it's bush league
1: doesn't bother me at all.
2: Right. Fine. So let's take that off the table. Then it's about okay. You're not announcing because you think you're gaining an advantage. But if you actually wanted to gain an advantage, then you would tell them the wrong starter.
1: Yeah, you. That's what you just said already for a couple minutes, right? So it, and the I stupidity already, I already should agree.
2: bother you. The stupidity should bother you.
1: No, look, man. It's the world I live in. Stupidity. I feel real good in that space.
2: I just think, and I'm, by the way, I'm not calling Tom Allen stupid because I love Tom Allen. I love his energy, his passion. You'll never find a guy who loves Indiana football more than Tom Allen. And I want this guy to be successful. I love the guy. I want to run through a brick wall. We've talked about it. Every time we've talked to him, we want to r- run through a brick wall. But if you're making a strategic decision here, then go all the way with it. That's all I'm saying. And how badass would it be if he just lied about who the starter would be?
1: (laughs) Well, you might want to run through a brick wall when you talk to Coach Tom Allen. When one of these press conferences goes down, it's like you want to just bash your head against a brick wall. And to me, I just see there absolutely being no Significance, no impact on game day one way or another he says it he doesn't he's ambiguous he tells the truth he lies I don't think it matters Ohio State is the opponent and frankly I'm terrified
2: yes I am terrified too but it did get me worked up and I have never heard of a football team not announcing who the starting kicker is <laughs> I mean I it is remarkable. we're making history what, here where there's are you attacking there's a fly, a
1: fly. You know, he's going to bother me. I'm not worried about it so much with you. I want to assassinate him now. So when our guest shows up, I won't be distracted.
2: We had a fly outbreak in my house about two weeks ago. Yeah. Because unbeknownst to me, in our pantry, a Coke can exploded. Ooh. And it leaked everywhere. And I didn't know because it was at the bottom of a stack. So all these flies were coming out for that. Yeah. Ward, I am not kidding. I murdered 70 flies over the course of like two days and it was so satisfying
1: yeah yeah it can really get obsessive uh, our daughter will leave the doors open to the deck and not much but enough and usually i think one or two get in but they breed so then two days later uh, suddenly there's 15 of them swirling around. And I just, I kind of can't rest until they're all gone. I'll I sit down on the, the sofa and watch TV, but I have the fly swatter in hand and I'm I'm just like a dog with a bone.
2: Well, and the worst is when you're watching TV at night, it's dark and the one fly lands on the TV. And, and, then, then-,
1: you, and then you splatter it on the TV. And, and by the way, I'll,
2: watch- I'll sacrifice a
1: $2,000 television to kill a fly it's uh the only at that point you're not even thinking about the tv or your bank account just kill kill is the only thing
2: on your mind yeah it is a it is a zero-sum game between us and the flies
1: collateral damage it's gonna happen
2: yeah it's fair it's totally fair all right listen we covered football while i am nervous as hell for the game and scared as hell for the game I'm also very excited to put on my football jersey and get excited about watching Indiana football. I get excited every year. It's going to be a tough year, but it is a brand new team. I mean, we're going to have a new quarterback. We've got an entire new basic offensive line, almost a brand new defensive line, new linebackers, new D-backs. I mean, there's a lot of new faces in that are going to be playing a lot of minutes. And as you know, as we've talked about, it's all about the quarterback. And either way you cut it, we're going to have a different quarterback. So yeah. I'm, I am excited to see what this portends for the future of Indiana football.
1: Yeah. And look, it's never bad to get the most terrifying opponent out of the way and be like, Hey, it's all downhill from here. Um, and look, I'm sure Michigan's right up there in that conversation. Again, I'm not sure where the preseason rankings are right now, Michigan versus Ohio state it's
2: Ohio state one and Michigan two. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As, as is to be expected. And, yeah, look, let's see what we're made of. This whole idea of, you know, Woody wanting to play the best competition in the country before the conference. Well, obviously this has conference implications, but it's just like it's going to let you know where you stand from day one with one of the absolute top programs in the country.
2: And I will tell you, I think the Big Ten and college football has it right. Opening day of college football or opening weekend, Get the big boys. I mean, granted, we're not a big boy in football, but they're playing a conference opponent. There's some big games to start the college football season. I love that. I don't like college basketball where the first games are typically against awful teams that no one cares about. Get a couple huge matchups. There should be a definitive opening day and play some big matchups on on day one to get fan attention. I love it. I think it's great for the sport.
1: It's just good to have football back. As you know, I think of summer as sports purgatory, a yes. phrase I credit to our mutual friend, Nick Hoffman, because baseball ain't my thing. So that football is back in effect. It just, it feels right. It's, it compensates for having to be driving kids to school again. And um, it, it just gives the weekends a focal point.
2: I totally agree. Basketball, college basketball's a bit of a purgatory right now because August is a basic dead period, not a lot going on. Teams are back, schools in session, practices have started. But the big recruiting news for Indiana, even though there are some major visits coming up, but the major one is the weekend of September 8th to September 10th, when not one, not two, but three kids from Mount Verde, Derek Queen, Liam McNeely, and Curtis Givens, come by Indiana for a major, major recruiting weekend. In Bloomington. Do
1: you think it would be overkill if we organized a ticker tape parade on Kirkwood
2: when they went to like dinner? No, that seems par for the course for us. Yeah, yeah. I
1: think, you know, that would really make an impression. You know, Texas isn't going to do that. We come
2: popping out of a giant
1: float cake. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe we have the cheerleaders do that. Maybe that's more
2: effective. I agree. All right. You know what? What? We've been wanting this guy on our podcast for a long time. Let's get to it.
1: You know what that reminds me of on, on the Jack Sparrow song? You know, Lonely Island? They did that let's song. Let's get about- to it. To
2: it. Yeah. To, it, to yeah, it. Yeah,
1: Michael Bolton. That's good.
2: Boys, let's get to it. To it, to it. This is the tale of Captain, Captain Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Oof, good luck on editing out of that. <laughs> Pirates
1: so brave on the seven seas. What? Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he's here with us today for the very first time. You want to talk about big man on campus. He is our big man on campus on our basketball team, but there's there's a lot more to get into. Eric, why don't you run it down exactly who this brand new guest is?
2: I mean, this interview is special for so many reasons, and we're going to get into all of them. But here we have a gentleman Hailing from Winchester, Indiana, where he attended Winchester Community High School. He was the Tri-Eastern Player of the Year, an IBCA All-State performer. He averaged a double-double his last three years in high school. He then, of course, decided to matriculate at Ball State where he was Kyle Macy freshman all-American team, he was the NABC all-district second team, he was the MAC freshman of the year, he was all MAC third team. He was made the all, the MAC all freshman team. The third most points by a Ball State freshman in program history. And then in his second year, which of course he joined forces with Hoosier's own Michael Lewis. He was All-Mac second team as a sophomore. He was a two-time All-Mac player. He started all 62 games that he played in two seasons for Ball State. 22 double-doubles. And then he decided to go look for a a different place and maybe uh, achieve a dream, a lifelong dream. He entered the transfer portal. And of course, decided to come, let's just call it home, to Bloomington, Indiana, where he has decided to become part of the Indiana University basketball team. And above all those accomplishments, just this last weekend, he was the coach of the winning Fantasy Camp Uh, Championship uh, team. That's right, ladies uh, and gentlemen, my coach, my coach, my championship coach, please welcome Peyton Sparks. Thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> um, well, we're doing this, buddy. We are finally, finally on here. I'm excited.
2: All right. Well, let's get into the hard-hitting questions first before we talk about our championship <sighs> head- that you and I, I have. I'm gonna.
1: We're gonna say you can talk like about your <laughs> championship for two minutes, and then we're cutting it off.
2: All right. Um, two minutes more than you can talk about it. <laughs>
1: Do you you want to talk about how I beat you in pig and (laughs) one-on-one? We
0: can. We can
2: talk about the individual. that
1: doesn't involve Peyton. That's just you and me taking you down.
2: But let's get to the hard-hitting questions. Peyton, why did you ignore me for so many months when I tried to get you to the podcast? Why did you ignore me?
0: Hold on. I didn't ignore you. I just didn't know who was texting me, to be honest. I had to put a picture to the face, honestly. And when I got to see you and meet you and have a week with you coaching you. It was, you know, no-brainer for me after that.
2: So what you're saying is the incessant texting made you think I was a crazy person. Which no, is no, fair.
0: no. Not, That's fair. Not, That's fair. Not, not, not that at all. I just didn't know who you were, and I was like, I don't know. But I'm, I'm glad I, I got to meet you and great conversation with you. And, yeah.
1: Look, Peyton, you. Peyton, if I may – I just want to say I really admire you for ignoring all those texts from Eric. I try to do it sometimes. It's, I mean, but he just, he wears me down. And that that you were able to do that for so long, to me, uh, commands respect.
0: Okay. I'll take it. I, I don't know. <laughs>
2: well, what I was going to say is, Peyton, it's usually the opposite. It's usually once people meet me and have a conversation with me, then they don't want to talk to me anymore. So you actually went the opposite and I like that.
0: Yeah. I I like talking to you. Good guy. So yeah.
2: All right. Well, I appreciate it. Peyton. um, We're going to get into the fantasy camp weekend, but I just want to get into school started this last week, officially. Uh, It's Friday right now when we're recording this. You're finishing up your first week. Obviously, you had the summer. But just tell us kind of what's going on right now with you at Indiana. What is workout schedule, you know, balancing with classes? What's going on in your world right now?
0: Uh, Yeah, we just started school. So just getting, you know, affiliated with all my classes and stuff. So I got class Monday uh, through Thursday. Friday, I don't have class, but I still got homework to do. Uh, Workout-wise, we work out Monday through Friday. Um, we got weights twice a week right now, conditioning twice a week, and we still have individuals on all those days, too, and extra work to get in. But, yeah, that's pretty much really what my schedule is uh, early on here in beginning of school until we start up a practice, but I don't know when that starts. Got it.
1: You know, Ball State, great school, great campus, great coach, um, but now, now you're at the greatest college in the world, greatest campus in the world, great, greatest students in the world. Um, wh- do, do you feel that now that that you're an Indiana Hoosier that that is? Does it just is it f- you having fun? Like that's what we think of as being Indiana students is fun. Are you having a good time?
0: I'm having a good time. I don't think it's fully like sunk in for me that I'm actually not my dream school so uh, but no I love it here the people are amazing just everybody you know brought me in and you know showing me the way around here it's nice I don't I don't think it's fully sunk in yet
2: you know um we actually didn't meet you in person but we did get to see you in person you won't remember this but Ward and I last season attended a Ball State practice it was I believe, was it at the end of the year, Ward? Was yeah. it February? Yeah, close to the end of the year. And you actually had to leave practice early because you had to go take a math test. And you, like, had to sprint I, I out of practice. Yeah. You remember that? I
0: remember that. I remember that. Now,
2: okay, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I remember you guys were sitting on the sideline. You know, yeah. That was a fun practice, too. But now, yeah, no, yeah I, remember, I remember that. I do remember that.
2: Um, yeah. I want to ask you about your, you talked about individual workouts uh, that you have. Um, look, you're a upperclassman. Now you're a junior. You've been working out, you know, you've been playing high-level basketball division. One Mac is a really good basketball conference with really good basketball teams in there. Uh When you're doing individual workouts right now, first off, who, who are you working out with mostly? Is there like a coach assigned to you? And what are the skills that you are trying the most to kind of work on? Uh,
0: right now I'm working with Kenya and Calvert right now. Uh, they they said we're gonna start working out watch from now the year. and but yeah um what we're doing is stuff it's just what I'm trying to work on is just expanding my game uh, you know I'm just an interior force and like I just like rebound the ball all that stuff putbacks so I'm trying to like get my shot shoot the mid range uh, my ball handling so I can bring up the ball a little bit too um and I'm just trying to work on my, my condition. That's kind of been a problem for me last couple of years. A weakness of mine. I've been trying to work with the, the cliff and the coaches, coaching staff and, and all that stuff. But no, nah, that's really what I'm trying to work on right now.
1: Okay, let's take a moment because you will now be the first player who can tell us what it's like to be on the court getting coached up by the man, the myth, the legend, Calbert Cheney. What's he like to work with on and off the court?
0: Um, off the court, he's a he's a great dude. Um, you know, he texts me, he wants to work out, and I want to work out too. And just, you know, getting to know him, he's a great dude. And he's, he's just a family dude, and he tells us what it takes to, you know, win and all that stuff. Uh, on the court, he just, like, he just understands him. He knows how to play. He's played at the highest level. Um, and just hearing wise words from him and just getting better every day, just makes you want to get to the NBA and get to your goals. So, yeah.
2: Now you share your games obviously are very different, but you share one thing in common, which is you both shoot lefty.
0: Yes. Yeah. Does Does he
2: ever show you that mid range or three, Smooth left jump shot that he had. Does that ever get broken out in practice or workouts?
0: uh I don't see it in practice work, but like I walk in the gym, he's in the gym because I'm getting from I'm coming from class, and I see him shoot. I'm like, whoa, okay, it's, he still got a little. Still looks like he can uh, move up and down with us in the court. So, I mean, I feel like he still got it, but you know, he's kind of keep that in his bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, let's talk about your roommate, uh, another newbie to Bloomington, Anthony Walker, somebody who has been on the show and we ran into Buffaloes and that's how we got to meet you for real for the first time. Just seems like a great dude. Tell us about, uh, you and Anthony, how it's going being roomies.
0: Um, he's just a really energetic guy, real smiley guy. Um, he's just a great dude. He comes from a great family. Um, rooming with him is great, you know? He cleans out after himself and all that stuff, so I don't got to worry about all that. But, you know, playing with him, I played with him first time when he got here a little not too long ago. I'm amazed just how he just brings energy on the court. He plays a lot of defense. He's an athletic dunks, uh, but he's just a great dude. And uh, I'm ready to, you know, start winning some games and championships. And-
1: it seems like you and him could see some action out on the court together and just really, really bring it. Um, when you guys yeah. are running in practice, are you often on the the same squad?
0: Yeah, we like when we were in practice stuff. We were on the same squad, um, but it, it was great. You know, we were just feeding off each other, and just it was just yeah, it was it was really cool. And I was really surprised at like how athletic he was and what he brings to the team. And yeah, he dove on the ball. I think it was his first play in the scrimmage. And I'm like, okay, that's what that's kind of what I like doing too. So just fine of the team and he's just a hardworking dude
2: i will say an award this does not count as the two minutes okay i'm starting the clock no it doesn't count because oh, no. it, it is meaningful <laughs> as it uh, pertains to peyton as a basketball player as you know i can't do much on the basketball court but i try to draw charges and <laughs> the one all my coaches it was my coaches were mac anthony leal and Peyton again, championship coaches. But when
1: <laughs> I drew 10 seconds, you yeah, you, you that counts that seconds. counts <laughs> two minutes.
2: But I will say when I drew the charges, I would like, you know, you're we're we're adults living out a fantasy, you know, life during this camp. I would look over to the coaches because you want to impress them. You want to impress the coaches. The one guy who was always so excited every time I drew a charge was Peyton. Like you were out there slapping my hand. It seemed like that was a part of the game that you really respected. And you've talked about already on this call that you love rebounding. You love diving on the floor. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk about what it is about that part of the game, those kind of unsung things that you love?
0: Um, It's just I want to win at all costs. I'm just a real competitive guy. You can ask anybody. Just if I had that, what I got needed to do to – Power up the team and get the team energized. I'm gonna do it. And just that's just a big part of my game. Just a big part of who I am. I just wanna just want to win at all costs. That's pretty much it. And I'll do anything for the team.
1: We've heard from unnamed sources. Uh the really the sky's the limit on the potential of the team this year, but that maybe, mm-hmm. maybe the team overall needs a little more dog in it. A little, a little more nastiness. Is that something clearly? you're going to bring to the table do you notice that starting to rub off on maybe some of your other teammates who aren't quite so so uh gritty on the floor
0: yeah i think i mean i think we have the dog in our team i mean we haven't played any games and stuff like that but scrimmages but everybody has it, it just needs to come out um, i feel like i can help the team and bring that out of some people I'll, I'll do it and i think i, I will be able to do it so,
2: I'm gonna go out of order just a little bit here, Ward, because I, I just can't get over this part of Peyton's story. Peyton, you were an all-Mac player. Yeah, you you know, you guys had good crowds last year at Ball State. People starting to come to the games. You got to play at great places like Akron and Kent State, you know, difficult, mm-hmm. tough teams. Um yeah. obviously playing in the Mac is tough because right now it's a one-bid league and you got to win that conference tournament to make the tournament. But yep. You you were the primary weapon on your team for two years. You could have continued to do that, or you could have gone somewhere else where the path to being the primary guy was was clearer. Where at mm-hmm. Indiana, there's a ton of competition there. And obviously, exactly. you're, you're, you're going to play, obviously. But mm-hmm. this isn't the case where you transferred and were guaranteed a starting spot or exactly. anything like that. What was that hard to make that decision and why make that decision to kind of give up some of the, let's call it glory of individual achievement to play at Indiana?
0: Um, I, was it hard? I would say at times like during the process, cause I was in the park twice uh, my freshman year and my sophomore year. So, um, my freshman year, I was like, I don't think I'm ready. Um, I feel like I still need another year under my belt. to. So just put my game on another level. And I think I did that in, like, this past year, just being able to see what I was able to do. And I just wanted to be pushed to another level. Um, And just seeing what Woody was about and this uh, environment over here at Bloomington, it's just amazing. And I just really couldn't pass it up. And when IU said they wanted me and uh, it was mutual interest, I was like, I can't pass up on this uh, lifelong dream of mine. And, yeah.
2: Love it.
1: Well, so how we do it on the show here, we jump into the hot tub time machine. We're going to go back to Winchester, Indiana,
0: mm-hmm. young
1: Peyton Sparks. Tell us about how you found the game of basketball, how it found you, how how you became uh, a, a basketball player.
0: Really, basketball was my second sport. Uh, baseball was really my sport. That was kind of my dad nice thing was baseball. And then uh, I'll say around fifth, sixth grade, I wanted – I told my dad I didn't want to play any baseball anymore. And I was like, I want to focus on basketball. And he told me, "Is there's anything you want to do, you just got to do it to your best of ability. So I started – well, I started playing basketball in second grade, and I played it. And it was fun and all that stuff. But I just wasn't really serious about it until I got to sixth grade. And then I just was playing AU and, and practicing and all that stuff. So, but no, nah, I – but yeah.
2: Well, first, baseball. Did you have a team that you rooted for, a, a Major League Baseball team?
0: Yeah, the St. Louis Cardinals was my yes! team. Yes! Still God. is. This is rough. Still yes. is my team. But I, I was a big Albert Pujols dude. Like, I had his jersey. I had his number. Like, I had five growing up. That's, like, my five, my favorite number. But, yeah.
1: Ward, weren't you
2: number five at the camp?
1: I was. It was. It was my tribute to Albert Pujols,
0: for sure. Are you Peyton are,
2: Peyton? are you number five at Indiana?
0: No, I'm 24. That was my. That was my sixth grade number. So I was like, I want to go back to like my roots and, and like play like that way. And Coach Lewis at Ball State, he's like, you got to get my number. You got to get my number. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, if it, if it's there, I'll take it. Uh, but we'll see.
1: That's well, great. you 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 and Michael have a very similar game, so I can see why he, he wanted <laughs> out to ask you. Yes. Yes. Um, but uh, basketball aside, you know I'm from Peru, Indiana, home of Kyle Macy. We know we know you have that connection with Kyle winning the Freshman of the Year award. But um, Peru is twice as big as Winchester. We got ten thousand people in Peru. It's a big city. Um, what was it like growing up as a kid in Winchester?
0: Winchester uh, Winchester's a small town, really small. I mean, my graduating class was 110 people. So, you know, I mean, it was just, I had a really great time growing up. You know, we could have moved and all that, but i want, I just, I love my friends and the people there treated me amazing. Yeah, it was just, it was a great experience for me. Uh, I loved it.
2: And what else did a young Peyton Sparks get involved in? Like forgetting baseball and, and basketball. When you were hanging with friends or on your own, what were you into?
0: Uh, video games, uh, just about that, and you know, I don't know. Like we just, we just used to hang out, but we play sports like with each other and stuff. Like it wasn't like, I mean, we did we did other things that were fun, but like we were my friends and I were just playing sports and all that. So it was like swimming. We're gonna see who wins and all that stuff. So yeah.
2: yeah. All right, give yeah. us a f- favorite video game of all time.
0: Uh, mm, that's hard. I, I can't do that. I don't know. I got a top three.
2: All right, give us top three.
0: Uh, no order, no order. Uh, Madden 2K okay. and Call of Duty. So, yeah,
2: you now your roommate Anthony Walker claims to be like an expert pro- semi professional gamer. Has that yeah. come up? Is that competitive? Juice flowing through the apartment for video game competitions?
0: Well, I haven't I don't have a system at the moment. And I haven't really played serious theater games since like my freshman year of uh college and really my senior year of high school. So I might have to get a get a game system and, and play, but I haven't really challenged because he says they're he's really good and I feel like I'm really good, you know, I gotta be competitive and stuff. So right. but I I feel like I can beat him. So
1: okay. yeah. Okay, so you, you get into high school and you know, you, you you play freshman year, but then things really explode sophomore year, junior year. You really start taking off. At what point? I mean, you even said sixth grade with AAU, you started taking it seriously, but when did you realize that there was a future for you in basketball beyond Winchester?
0: Hmm. I would I mean I'm really had a lot of confidence in myself young. Like, I would say like there was a future for me was like 6th, 7th, 8th grade just because I was starting to get taller than everybody and like, I don't know, everybody, like my coaches were like, you take this serious, like you can go pretty far with this game. And I just was always in the gym and just always working. I always had confidence in myself and I was not going to let myself not make it to the Division One level. Uh, so, I just love working out and seeing that in myself and just putting the confidence in myself. I was not, not going to shy away from the division one level.
2: And when was the first time, whether it was a game or practice, doesn't matter. When was the first time you dunked the basketball?
0: First time I dunked was ninth grade. I was trying my eighth grade. I was six, three in eighth grade, but I couldn't, palm the basketball so that was the struggle like my whole uh, eighth grade year but ninth grade it was in warm-ups and I was the freshman on the varsity with all the seniors it was me and seven other seniors and they're like did you just dunk I'm like I don't know I think so I don't but (laughs) nah it was that was my first time really dunking and ever since then just been trying to tear the rim off so Yeah, we've heard that about you. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I like to do. (laughs) Love that.
1: Have you ever damaged a rim or backboard in dunking?
0: I broke a rim at the the YMCA in my hometown. (laughs) If uh, That tells you something, but that's what I did. Did they charge you for it? No, no. Actually, I posted it on my Instagram, and they liked the picture. (laughs) (laughs) So, So they didn't do nothing, but we... The wine say they love me over there and we have a great relationship. So it's it is amazing. So yeah. uh,
1: now More, around oh sorry, around the same time that you were dunking the basketball for the first time, um, is uh is when Christian Watford hit that shot against Kentucky. And I'd read that, yeah. you know, you watched that and you just thought it was incredible. They took around down the number one team. When did you become an Indiana fan and and how how closely did you follow the team through your
0: youth? Um, like that around that time, a little bit before that's when I first started becoming a fan. Like that night in the game, uh, my mom let me stay up for the first time. Like, like yeah, you can stay and watch the game. So I'm like, okay, yeah. Then I'm just seeing Christian Watford and just seeing players like Will Sheehy, Cody Zeller, and Victor, and I don't know, just a whole bunch of players. I'm like, D- I just want to play there and just seeing the crowd and how everybody loves them. I just wanted to be a part of that.
2: Let's also not forget Jordan Hulls, who is now one of I, yeah, your coaches. Yeah, yeah.
0: What
2: What is it like to be playing for you know with a guy you're you're playing for Jordan Hulls, who you grew up uh, kind of like idolizing yeah. that team, or at least that team was really influential for you. How How is it with Jordy?
0: Uh he's a great guy. Um, he's always there. You know, need him if you want to talk. Um, he's always in the gym. You want to work out. He's always working out, guys. Um, just being able to see like an Indian legend. It's kind of like you're starstruck at first, but you're like, oh, he just, you know, he's, he's just like you. He's playing at his dream school and all that stuff. So, like, it's just, it's cool to see Calvert and Woody and Jordy there. So,
1: well, and then but, let's just go to quickly to Fan Fest. You get <laughs> to see Christian Watford go back out on the court. You know, a yeah. few fans missed the shot. Christian yeah. missed his first shot. What was it like? To see him drain the second attempt and rush him on the court and celebrate.
0: Oh, That was a cool moment. It was really dope to see. that. know the crowd was going crazy, getting one more shot and just seeing him hit. The, I'm like, wow, I was kind of watching what, how I was watching TV back then and just seeing him hit the shot. I get to see him in person. It was just a cool experience.
2: Uh, Ward mentioned between your freshman and sophomore year in high school, things really picked up. And I think it's like that is an understatement. I think you averaged about five points and five rebounds your freshman year. And then sophomore year, you're scoring triples, you're rebounding doubles. And did, I mean, obviously you grow up, you physically mature uh, players Mm -hmm. leave, but did something happen to your game between your ninth and 10th grade years that, that allowed for that jump in production?
0: Uh, I would say I just learned how to work hard. Um, I always thought I was working hard and all that things. And my trainers were, And they kept pushing me and they say, you can go to another place. And that's what I really wanted to do. And I was like, I want to play division one basketball. And I'm like, I got to have a better year than I had my last previous year. So that's my mindset with everything. Just, you know, going to the days. I want to have a better day than I did my last day. So when you, when you
1: talk about trainers, did you have trainers in Winchester or would you go to Indy or, I mean, where, where'd you find them in such a small town?
0: Um, well, my neighbor's my trainer. He does like the off, the off course stuff, like the weights and the conditioning stuff like that. And then I had also uh, his name is Barry Miller. And then I had another my basketball trainer Thad Laudenbacher. He played IEPY for a little bit, uh, played semi pro. But he he's the one who saw me at the YMCA, and he's like, you need to like quit base. He used to joke around. He used to you need to quit baseball and focus on basketball. And, You know, I kind of did that my sixth grade year. And then ever since then, we worked out together. And uh, he's always been there for me. They both have. And, yeah.
2: When you played baseball, did you swing lefty or righty?
0: Uh, Righty. 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 I can swing both ways, but righty was my, my way.
2: We're so. just going to clip out you saying you can yeah, swing Yeah, both yeah, ways. yeah, yeah. Thank you,
0: thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I was not even going to go there. I thought about it in my head so I
2: say that, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Join the club. We say weird okay. shit
2: all the time on this podcast. We will. Okay, okay. If, if there's I any chance to,
0: if,
2: if
1: there's any chance to go there, we will.
2: All right. Yeah. Now look. <laughs> okay. Tearing Tearing the the backboard off and just attacking the basket and dunking on somebody is got to be the best feeling in the world. We wouldn't know, but it feels like it would be the best feeling in the world. However, hitting a baseball is often called the hardest thing in sports because you're hitting a round ball with a round bat that's moving upwards of, you know, 95 miles an hour at the highest levels. How good does it feel to hit a home run? Because I'm sure you hit plenty of home runs.
0: Yeah, well, that was, well,
2: that's that's got to be a good feel.
0: Yeah, ah, that's what I like to do. I like to. It, it's you can't even like like explain how great of a feeling that is. You know, you can hear the contact of the ball, and then you can see it go. It's just like slow motion. Once you hit it, you see it, and like uh, it might go over the fence, and you just see it, and you're like, dang, I just hit a home run, and you just want to keep doing that. And, but I don't know. Hitting home runs and pitching and playing first base was my thing. So,
2: yeah. oh, you pitched? You were a pitcher? Yeah, yeah. Pitch righty or lefty? Righty. Wow. So you, how
1: cross does that happen? Dominant. You are cross dominant,
0: right? Yeah. Have you yeah. heard this phrase? Yeah, ambidextrous, something like that. Yeah. We'll see, because I, I
1: used to uh, – I do some things left, some things right, and it was somebody on this podcast, I can't remember now who, but even talking about it with Calbert, that he's cross-dominant too, or some things mm-hmm. better left, some things better with right. Um, yeah. And he was saying that a lot of guys who will shoot left are actually better dribbling with their right. How is it
0: for you? I would say that, yeah. I like to dribble with my right better than my left. But, like, yeah, I kick a soccer ball with my left foot. Uh, like, I mean, it's just, I can write, like, writing, I can write with both my hands, like, oh, wow. I, I don't know, it's different, like, when I was, like, picking a mitt with my dad, and I wanted to, he's like, pick a mitt, you want it left or right, and I picked both, because I was thinking I could do that, <laughs> you know, but, and then I was like, he's like, no, no, you can't do that, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I just, I mean, if I picked either or, I feel like I'd be, I don't know, it's just, it is what like that is I don't know. It's it's different. It's weird, and people are like you're weird for that. I'm like I don't know. I just who I am, you know.
2: Can you sh- like you shoot free throws left handed? Yeah, I mean maybe you should shoot them right handed after that percentage last year. But hey, that we don't need to bad. get into that. That
0: was bad. That was a, <laughs> I was in a slump. I've never shot free throws like that bad in my life. So like that was that was a mental block for me. But I'm, I'm starting to get out of it and. You
2: know, yeah. Can you shoot them right-handed too? Like, are you that ambidextrous?
0: Uh, I used to shoot. Uh, I used to shoot right-handed. Wow. So I switched. I was actually shooting with both hands, and I said I was shooting my right. So, yeah.
1: I mean, well, since you shoot with both hands, have you thought maybe just go granny style?
0: Uh for fun, like when I'm messing around and stuff like that. But yeah, I've seen. You know, what's it? Who was it? Rick Barry do that? Yeah, right? exactly. I think the yeah. all-time free throw leader. I mean, yeah. like, I then I know. saw his son, his son was shooting like that too. So I'm like, maybe I should switch, but no, nah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I want to talk for, um, look, you, you, obviously you go to ball state. Um, you had offers to go to a bunch of different places, um, but you weren't recruited. I think at the high, ho- you weren't recruited by the Indianas of the world. Right. Um, was that frustrating for you? Like, did you think at that time that you were good enough to play at that
0: level and people just didn't realize it? Mm, it was frustrating because around that, like, Indiana was, like, kind of recruiting me, like my junior, year, but they wanted to see me in AAU. So COVID happened around that time, and so I didn't get a chance to go playing against front of those teams and, like, the mid-majors were still here wanting me and things like that. Like, it was frustrating. Like, I know I could play at that level, but maybe it was just God saying I wasn't ready at that moment to go play. Uh, and I don't Still, know. I just, yeah.
2: Peyton, real quick, on your AAU stuff, Um, you played for Midwest basketball, right? That was your Ooh, yeah. AAU program. But I might be confused on the timing. Did you – was it COVID that prevented you from playing AAU, your last AAU season, or or did you choose to – I thought I read something that you maybe even chose to work more on conditioning and strength training than play uh, AAU ball your last Yeah, year. it was
0: like I was going to play for Midwest and they just canceled the gauntlet and stuff like that. And like I'm like, well, I just I'm just going to take this summer and just train a little bit. So it's kind of both, I would say.
2: Do you think that hurt you as far as being noticed by other schools, too? Do you do you think that 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 prevented maybe more bigger schools from coming in?
0: I mean, I think it hurt everyone, but, yeah, it hurt me, too, because I'm just at a small school, and, like, they're not right. going to be able to come down and see me. But, like, it just made me work even harder. So so before we
1: get to the the recruitment by Ball State and the decision to go there, let's talk a little bit about your family. We did get a chance to talk in Bloomington. You got a younger brother. He's a skater. He's a musician. Um, you know, what's your relationship like with him? Do you have any other siblings, you know, parents? What's, what's the family dynamics there?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, my brother, uh, you know, we got a great relationship now. I mean, you know how brothers are. We had a four year difference. So, and he's a junior, uh, in high school. So he's got his own thing. He's got his own crew and all that stuff. So I, no, nah, he's a, he's a great dude. And he's smart too. But I, yeah, I got both my parents too. Uh, Brian and Tracy, uh. Yeah, they're great people too, and I love them to death. And they took me to all these AU tournaments and practices and, and workouts. And you know, they've always had a dream. They they always followed, wanted me to follow my dream, and were always on my side, wanting me to go. So, yeah.
1: What's your brother's name? Connor. Connor. And Connor. does Connor know that Indiana University has a great music program?
0: Um, I don't think he knows, but he's like more of like a trade school type thing. Like he likes working on cars and stuff like that. So nice. But now like the music things for fun. He likes video games. So yeah.
2: All right. So how did ball state separate themselves from the rest of the pack of schools that were recruiting you? What was it about ball state?
0: It was, uh, coach Whitford, uh, just coach Whitford and bots coach bots. And just the Whitford is like, we really want you. We really think you could succeed in this program, and just the uh, the way they play. And I'm like, he's just a great dude. Just looking at his resume, and I, I don't think I could have passed up and had a better experience with him my freshman year. And he taught me a lot. And just bots, you know, him from being from Muncie, and you know, we kind of like the hometown kids, if you want to say that, like close to home. And uh, he's a great dude too, and he's always been there for me. He still is.
2: So an interesting thing develops for you after one year in college, which is the people that recruited you are no longer the coaches, uh, and yeah. the coach is gone. In comes Michael Lewis, former Indiana Hoosier, uh, and the other thing that I would say that happened is, you know, your team struggled your freshman yeah. year. You had a great year, but you didn't experience wins. Crowds weren't good. It was it was kind of the tail end of a of a a bit of a struggle era for Ball State, mm-hmm. and here comes a new coach. He didn't recruit you. He's got to build a relationship with you quickly to try to keep you. What, what was your first impression of Michael? He's been on this show many times. Michael's a friend of the show and friend of ours. What was your first impression of Michael and and why did you decide to stay
0: there? Just like he was just really energetic. The first phone call we had, um, he was just, he was really just like deep in person, like the questions he was asking, like why I wanted to go and like what things I was looking for. And just he's a great dude. And I like he really taught me a lot going into that. And and I was like, I can't really pass up on him. He's been to the he's played in the Big Ten, he's put uh, a coach in the Pac Twelve. I'm like, I can't really pass this up. And and I saw his vision where he just wanted to see the program and I wanted to be a part of that. So yeah.
1: Now- awesome. Now, Michael didn't show up by himself. He brought Bill Komar, who we've gotten yeah. to know from his time at IU, and mm-hmm. one of the most entertaining people we've ever had on this show, Jamal Meeksy Meeks. Yeah. What was it like to be
0: playing for Meeks? Uh, that He's an energetic dude. Like he never has a, You never see him have a bad day. He's always smiling. He's always making jokes, but he's always going to be there for you at the end of the day. Um, and I still talk to him now. Uh, he's just a good dude. Uh, yeah, just yeah he's a he's a great dude yeah.
2: now one thing that that you know people talk a lot about in college basketball now is the transfer portal and how much it has changed the game of basketball, and sometimes you have coaches who really fight to keep their players and and even try to make things difficult in some cases for their players to transfer. My understanding is that Michael was very supportive of you in your process. Can you talk about how he was and and what was his reaction when you told him that you were probably going to go to Indiana?
0: I mean, yeah, he was kind of – he was surprised for sure. But, like, I told him that and told him where I was looking about going and stuff like that, just where at if they were to call, like, schools in mind, he was really supportive. Um, you know, he was just really supportive. And he's like, anything I can do to help you, let me know. And, and yeah, and he just really was a supportive guy. And, I, yeah, I just – Enjoyed him having a coat as a coach. So That's
1: great. I would think another thing that would have made it a little more difficult to leave was you're playing really well. Uh, You've got this great coaching staff there and, and you guys really started winning last year and the fans really started showing up like Michael and company along with you and the players started to build something. What was it like last season to, from where you started with the program and your career there to see those stands get filled up and you guys notch a bunch
0: of W's? That was kind of like the growth I wanted to come into Ball State and kind of go into going and just seeing that it was kinda of like you know kinda of in a movie and some time. Like you were seeing everybody show up to the games like, whoa, where was this at? And we're winning games and it was just amazing to be with teammates you've been working hard with the last two years and uh just seeing our work, you know, show out and people are wanting to come out and watch us. It was really cool to for my teammates and I.
2: All right, before we get to uh, landing in Indiana and meeting Woody and, and the coaches, some more personal stuff that we want to know. Are you a movie guy? Do you watch movies?
0: Yeah, I'm a movie guy.
2: Give us, do you have a top three or three favorites that pop to your
0: head? What are they? Oh, man, I like I like Disney movies. So, But like top three movies, I just, I don't know. I'll say uh, Monsters, Inc. Is, pretty good, is a good movie. I like that. Uh, I like Toy Story. <laughs> Oppenheimer was a good movie too. I just watched that too, so that's like top five movie, and all very similar,
2: very similar (laughs) movies. Oppenheimer (laughs) and Monsters Inc.
0: Yes, but nah, those are that's a good
2: that's a good choice. Okay,
1: Okay. I I got um. I do wonder you you take this in any direction you want it as far as TV shows go, but. And look, it's set in like the '80s, so maybe it's it's more familiar to me. But for a guy growing up in a small town in Indiana, what about Stranger Things? Did that did that feel like, oh, hey, man, this is good. This is like us riding bikes around our small Indiana town, uh, fighting uh, uh, the, the evil <laughs> government.
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh... It was, I liked it. I, I did. I've I, I watched it, like, over and over just to see if I missed things. But now it's cool seeing, oh, wow, like, this is Indiana. This is kind of based on a true story whatever. It was, it was cool to watch that and enjoy that and be like, oh, yeah, we used to ride bikes all the time around town. And, yeah, it, it was cool. Yeah, like,
1: Hawkins doesn't feel that different from downtown Winchester, does it?
0: No, not really. But, I mean, that was, yeah, I mean, there, there's differences, but no, nah, it didn't feel that much different, to be honest. Well, they did I, shoot
1: I, it in Georgia, so, like, I exactly. was there going out into the woods, and I'm like, that's not. Woods, yeah, man. that's,
0: yeah, that's not, definitely not, but.
2: Also, yeah. I do want to just clarify one thing. Peyton, Stranger Things is not based on a true story.
0: <laughs> Bro, that's what, that's what I heard. That's what I was no, hearing. So whoever told
2: you that is lying to you.
0: Man, now, now I'm bad now, because that's well, crazy. But
1: look, I'm gonna defend you, Peyton, because there's stuff going on, like with the telekinesis here and all go. that like the, mm-hmm. the CIA has been doing those programs for quite some time. At least they were back in the seventies.
0: Uh, I don't know. I ain't gonna agree here.
2: <laughs> yeah, you don't wanna you don't wanna put that out there. They're listening. They're the listening. Yeah. You no, so. no,
1: that's that's all on record.
0: That's, nah, it's right. a great movie that's all i'm gonna say to that. i agree
2: yeah. all right tv shows so we talked about stranger things do you have some other favorite tv shows growing up what were your favorite tv shows it's are you an animation guy it seems like from your movie choices no uh not like anime or something like
0: that. but like i like yeah i like uh i don't know tv shows i like suits i'm really big on suits right now that's like, like that's the a- number
2: one show on netflix it's had this Bass, resurgence yeah. it's unbelievable
0: Suits are like All-American. Uh, that's a good move. That's a good TV show. Uh, another one that I, I watch all the time, Drake and Josh. That was the nice. one I really grew up on that I liked. So, yeah. Great call. Great call. Okay, yeah.
1: now, what about the movie
2: Hoosiers?
0: That's one of my favorite movies all all time. That's that's the one you, you're like, oh, it makes you want to go out in the backyard and the driveway go shoot some shots, but nah, it's always, that's a movie that always motivates me, I'm like, oh, man, that's cool. Good. Right. Make, make
1: sure your, your teammates who didn't grow up in Indiana, and are, you know, all of a much younger generation than that movie, uh, some of them haven't seen it. A couple of them, I don't think had even heard of it, so it's like you, and Trey, and Anthony, you Indiana guys, you need to make sure that those guys know what's up with that film.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll do my best.
2: And what about music? Are you a music guy? What do you listen to?
0: Uh, I like rap. I like pop. R and B. That's kind of my I don't Jimmy, like country. Jimmy. I don't like country. That's bottom line. If you playing I gotta leave the room. <laughs> yeah, turn it off. I'm really? sorry, that's that's not my thing.
1: Go yeah. easy because Eric was just at the Darius Rucker concert. So Ooh. you know.
0: Okay, if you wanna that's my favorite country artist if we're gonna miss I don't like it, but I like him. He's cool. So he is yeah. very cool. Give me your three favorite artists. Oh, uh, oh man. I like Brent Fires, Drake, and Lil Baby. That's my top three. So you
2: like Lil Baby better than Da Baby? Yes. And you like yes. and you like Lil Baby better than Lil Uzi Vert. Yes. <laughs> and you like Lil Baby more than Lil Romeo.
0: I don't even I don't I don't never listen to that dude's music. So I don't it's it's from a different
2: time.
1: What do you think about Da Baby Vert? You like him?
0: <laughs>
2: oh man! Uh, all right. I'm so, not, give man. us the first meeting or conversation with Mike Woodson. Obviously, Indiana gets involved. There's mutual interest, but what? Give us the first time you met Woody, and what your impression of him was, and what he said to you that that made you realize this is a guy I want to play for.
0: Um, like the first meeting was uh, was when I went to visit, but like first conversation was on the phone and he was just saying he's really interested and wants me to come play for him. Uh, He wants me to come down for a visit. And then when I came down to visit, I'm like, wow, I'm really about to meet Woody, like an Indiana legend. And I'm like kind of starstruck. Like that's kind of how I was the first couple of days. I'm like, am I really here? It really still hasn't sunk in now, but like seeing him right there, I'm like, he really wants me to play for him. I'm like, Wow, but now nah, he's a really great dude. He's really he tells you he tells you how it is, but he's he's going to fight for you, he loves you and he's just a great dude and yeah, it's a dude I want to play for. Could you talk
1: about and I don't know if you went to some games growing up, if you've been there before, but could you talk about on that that visit when they take you out onto assembly hall court and they show you the
0: hype mm-hmm. video? How did that feel for you? Oh man, I'm like wow, they're doing all this, like, just for, not just for me, but it seemed like, you know, like, it was was a cool moment and just seeing that and seeing my parents' eyes light up. My brother, he was, he's like, you got to come to IU, man. You got to, like, this is, you got to. And just seeing his eyes light up and him being excited for me, uh, I was like, I can't say no to this.
2: Look, you obviously have aspirations to play basketball professionally and, Mm -hmm. and to make a living out of this. And you you mentioned that one of your, which I actually really respect that you said one of your weaknesses the first couple of years has been conditioning. And you've got to get yeah. that that get that better. We were fortunate enough to uh at the fantasy experiences last week, and Cliff walked us through the presentation that he gives to players yeah. and kind of how he walks players through what he believes in. I mm-hmm. would imagine you're spending a lot of time with Cliff and that Cliff is really important for mm-hmm. you. Can you talk about meeting Cliff and, and kind of what he does mean to you, even in your short time so far in Bloomington? Uh,
0: I've been, like, Cliff's been with the Bengals and all that. So, so I've been following him for a while, and just seeing how he's transformed people's bodies. And he just, when everybody talks about Cliff, he's like, he's a really good dude. He's really about you as a person and just getting to know that. And, and then getting to meet him with him in person. I was like, wow, like this dude knows... What he's talking about and just seeing how everybody's bodies transformed. I'm like, I gotta get into this. I wanna be a part of this. And just meeting Cliff, he's just a really great dude. Uh yeah, he's really helped me a lot, conditioning wise, and just getting better. And yeah, we're spending a lot of time with Cliff, uh, but like it's it's a good time and he, he really loves everybody. and he mean he really do does mean well to everybody and he'll work he's gonna work you hard, but you know, at the end of the day he has your best interest.
1: No doubt, going from the Mac to the Big Ten, you're stepping into a much more physical league. Um Have you even noticed in practice? You know, I don't know if you're going up against Malik, who are who are some of the guys you're you're banging down in the post with, but have you have you already realized, oh, I need to. I need to step up my game as far as just, I mean, you're going to go up against Zach Eady. He's seven foot nine, 480 pounds. Uh, can you tell the difference already even in practice about the physicality?
0: Like the physicality wise, I mean, I, I play physical. So it's like, I, I don't know how to like, it's physical. The physicality is definitely more than it is a at ball state and all that stuff in the Mac. But like, I say like more like different is like the getting up and down the court. Like the speed of the game's a lot quicker here than it is in the Mac and just getting used to that. But the physicality wise, I feel like I'm kind of used to it. Like it's definitely something I'm like every day, like you got to bring, you got to bring it or you going to, you going to, uh, yeah, it's just, you better bring it every day. That's, that's it. Yeah.
2: One thing Woody is fond of telling new players is that he would love to bust
0: their ass. If he was still playing, has Uh, he
2: said that to you? uh, And how quickly did that happen?
0: He said, uh, funny thing. He said that yesterday in the weight room, he was lifting weights. He's like, if I was 20 years old, I would, you know, he, he, he he, he says that to everybody. He's like, all right, big fella. All right. Big fella. I set a screen on him in practice. He was going through defense he's like set a screen on me and he ran to him he's like okay big fella I know you that strong now but now nah, he's <laughs> nah he's a he's a good dude and uh yeah that was he's always he says that to me I don't know I don't remember the first time he said that but uh but yeah that's that's awesome that's yeah. awesome
1: now, Eric and I, despite being, you know, old, small, and unathletic, we do love to set a screen when the opportunity arises. We'll we'll hunt for screens. Do you really either. enjoy that part
0: of the game? Then screens. That's a thing. Like, as a big, it's is you love and hate it because either either the refs are on your side. No, hate the refs out there. They're either on your side or they. Or oh, I wouldn't say to dislike you, but <laughs> that's how I feel on the court. But, like, I like setting screens and, like, getting everybody else open. And that goes in part with what I was talking about, diving for basketballs and rebounding the ball and stuff like that. So
2: Don't you find that as a big man, and you're a big, big man, that your size is your worst enemy at times because the refs don't – like, if you set a regular pick and a guy goes flying, they'll call a foul on you even though you didn't deserve the foul. Or if you're on offense and people are swatting at you and it doesn't affect you the way it would affect somebody weaker, they don't give you the, the benefit of the doubt. That is That yeah. must be frustrating.
0: Like in high school and like high school was bad because you, like you couldn't even like touch a dude and like it was – I was like really a lot taller than everybody in high school and then college it was kind of getting better but – yeah, I, I I was watching some Big Ten games and like I don't see them call like moving screens or whatnot. So I'm like, I'm kind of like, okay, like I can actually set some screens now. So yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, okay,
1: we- so you uh, well, let's take us through because I know I know you wanted to sleep on it, but could you take us through the moment you decided you would be an Indiana Hoosier and how you shared that with your family and when you you told Col- Coach Woodson and the staff that you were coming to
0: Bloomington. Yeah, it was, uh, I knew it when I was in the car going back home with my brother and my mom and dad, and I'm like, they were asking me questions, stuff like that, and I'm like, well, first things, they thought they they did a bad job on the visit because they were, like, worrying that I wasn't going to come there or whatnot, and I'm like, I really do enjoy, I really want to go, I really did, and I was on the way home, I'm like, I told my parents, I'm like, yeah, I want to go, and I was like, I wanted to sleep on it. And then tell him, tell him the next day, and make sure like this is really what I want to do. So I called my dad, my mom, like this is what I want to do the next day, and I'm like, yeah. So, but it was just, it was a really happy moment. I couldn't stop smiling for like the next week. I was ecstatic, and I was like, I can't wait to get over here. So,
2: so do you call Woody? Is that what happens? Do you place yeah, like call, a?
0: Yeah, yeah. I call. I called Woody. Uh, but <laughs> I don't want to put Woody on the spot, but he, he didn't answer me at first, but I'm like, he's not really a phone guy. So I'm like, I'm not going to take that to heart. So I called B Walsh. So I'm like, Hey, whenever Woody is available to call, I want to tell him that I want to be a part of the team and stuff like that. So, yeah.
2: Nice. Very nice. All right. So uh, let's talk about your teammates. You get to campus, you got the eight weeks of summer that you got cool. to work with them. Let's, let's, talk about the big men that you're working out with and in the group with, I assume that's Khalil Malik. Um, does Caleb play with the big men a little bit? Uh, I think he's could be both. Yeah. Okay. But, but I don't Khalil really work and out Malik, with
0: them. but yeah. Khalil
2: and Malik, for sure. What do you see from both of those guys break down each one for us? And what's it like playing against them?
0: Uh, I'll start with Malik. Malik's a physical dude. Uh, He's really stretched the floor now and able to get a shot off and, and hit shots at a higher volume now. And he's able to post up guys and space out the floor. And that's what you want to do. And rebounding and Khalil, he's seven seven foot seven one. Uh, he's just and yeah, he blocks shots. He's hitting threes. He's really he's really a force underneath the rim. So getting to guard those two guys every day and learning a lot of stuff. Uh, it's really good so
1: okay would... so there there's another guy who can play in or out or apparently do anything anywhere what have you seen from mckenzie so far
0: oh man just seeing yeah he's a top re- a rated recruit coming out of high school and uh yeah he, he can shoot the leather off the ball and he's a really hard worker uh but not nah, seeing him in practice is really cool and seeing how everybody works is really cool. too.
2: Now one guy that that we've gotten to know a little bit, he's been on the podcast a couple of times and I would imagine he's the point guard that you've been working with a lot would be Gabe cups. I I would think that you've been running with Gabe who takes as much joy in feeding a big man and making the right pass as he does from hitting a shot for himself. What's it like playing with Gabe?
0: He's one of the hardest workers I know. And I see him in the gym every morning working out uh, and You know, off the court, he's a good kid, too. Really good dude. Uh, On the court, he's really a point guard. He's looking for the extra pass. He's getting everybody else involved, but also looking for a shot. He can really shoot the ball, too. So just uh, playing with the point guard like that is just uh, good, and we kind of feed off each other in the uh, practices and all that.
2: Now, Ward will appreciate this because uh, he loves it when I try to use the young kid language. Have you, in these eight weeks, the eight weeks over the summer, or any open gyms, caught any bodies?
0: Oh, that, I did not. Why do you say it like that? <laughs> Why do you say it like that? Isn't that how you say it? Caught a body. You didn't have to, like, pause and, like, say anyway. <laughs> I'm not – I, I. Okay. <laughs> yes, but I ain't going to put my teammates out there like that, but yes. All right. I all right. I
2: but yeah. but you've dunked on some people in assembly hall already or cook hall. Yes, I have. <laughs> I, like that. I like it. I all right. like it.
1: Look, there's there's
2: a there's
1: some youngsters in there. There's some transfers like yourself, a lot of a lot of new components to this team. Um, what are you seeing from the the Wiley veteran leaders, the seniors, the captains, X, Trey, Anthony? What are they doing to bring you guys all together as one cohesive unit?
0: They're just really like communication. They really talk and they really want everybody to be involved. And we got a really new team, so they make sure everybody like transfers, the freshmen, on the same page. And like their communication is really the big thing. I would say.
2: All right. So you did the eight weeks of summer. Yeah. Um. Then there was a little bit of a break, and mm-hmm. then last weekend was the Hoosier Fantasy Experience, which included the fantasy camp where we, of course, won the championship. I don't know yeah. if I mentioned it, but here's <laughs> here's the net. Here's the net. Ninety seconds. No, you have no. ninety seconds left. Here's the trophy. No big I deal. I love it. I love it. But but in all honesty, what I do want to ask you is that really was your first time. Uh, to get kind of an introduction to fans being around the whole weekend. You got to interact personally with fans. The Fan Fest, you got to take a bunch of autographs. What was the experience like of this weekend for you, especially knowing that Indiana was your dream school to, to go to growing up? What was this weekend like for you?
0: It was amazing just seeing how everybody really loves IU and just how like seriously they take it. I'm like, I've never seen this before. And like seeing how everybody really loves just the Hoosiers and the Hoosier state. It was really, it opened my eyes. I'm like, I'm at the right spot. Love that.
1: It's such a good vibe around the program. Now. Uh, What is it? What is it like, whether it be the staff, the team, the players, like off the court when, when we pass through there for a couple of days and few hours around it, it seems like a good time. And, and clearly you guys are all going to work your asses off and already have this summer. Um, but off the court, is it is it just really kind of one big happy family, like it seems from the outside?
0: Like, we got a, we got a whole bunch of personalities on the team, so it's really – we're all, like, blending together, and it's kind of just – yeah, it's a big family, and, like, everybody wants to work hard on the court and off the court. It's just – everybody's making sure everybody's good, and, you know, we're all hanging together. So, yeah, I would say it's a big family.
2: I wanted to ask you – uh, I thought this was funny. Last year with Ball State, you guys played in the Bahamas tournament at Mar. Yeah. Uh, and Indiana just announced that Indiana's yeah, playing in the, in the Bahamas that. battle for Atlantis next year, which will be your senior year. Uh, yeah. How excited – I mean – Not specifically about just the Bahamas, but when you go to a place like Indiana, you go for these bigger opportunities, right? So this year, you're going to New York and playing at Madison Square Garden for two games. Mm -hmm. You're going down to Atlanta and playing Auburn. You're playing Kansas at home. And then the following year, you're going to the Battle for Atlantis, which is, along with the Maui Invitational, the biggest non-conference tournament that exists in college basketball.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: How excited are you for, for this platform?
0: I'm excited. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to come to IU and just seeing how they put their players out there and they put them in marquee games and just seeing they go travel places in New York, to Bahamas, whatever. Like just wanting to be a part of that. And it. It's, I'm excited about it. Like I, I'm a smile about it now. Like it's it's exciting time and I, I can't wait to be involved with it.
1: So here we are. We're sending you off to your first year at Indiana University. <laughs> what for you... Both individually and for the team would make this season a success.
2: Uh, you, you mean wait, real quick, you mean besides winning this already? Time, time's that. up. Time's sorry, up, pal.
1: No, sorry. I was talking oh. about
0: meaningful stuff. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, I would say winning a national championship and winning a Big Ten championship, like the individual stuff is gonna come like with that. So like. I don't know. I'm not much of an individual guy, and I just want to win. So, winning, when winning, when you start winning a lot of stuff, you know, feels better. So, and the individual goals and all that stuff will come with it. So,
2: do you have a favorite Bloomington food spot yet? Buffalo's. <laughs> oh.
0: Yes. Yes. Now look, yeah, look,
1: Peyton, you are of age, and one I I could. Uh, look, I was not responsible in my social activities and an undergraduate uh, at Indiana University, but when you have a moment, like maybe you did in the summer, to go out to to a bar, uh, where would you like to go and hang out and be social?
0: Uh, to be honest, I'm only 20, so I can't oh. even go to the bar. So, nah.
2: Yeah, I, well.
0: You, that's kind of, no, Good yeah.
2: answer. Good yeah. answer. Great answer. Yeah. Good answer. All right, so Buffaloes, have you done Mother Bear's Pizza yet? I have. What do you think? How do you grade it?
0: I think it's all right, yeah. Yeah. I think it's – what are we grading out of 10 or 100? Out of a 10. Out of 10. Seven, eight. Wow. Is
2: there a pizza in Bloomington that you would give a higher score to?
0: I haven't really ate any pizza. That's kind of not really not healthy for me, so I don't really – By the way, you know,
2: you know, Cliff told us something about your like measurables that like your muscle density, like the, the makeup of the fibers of your muscles are better or higher than anyone on the campus of Indiana, more than all the football team.
0: Mm, I didn't know that, but. mm. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. You're like, you're, you're pound for pound,
1: the strongest dude on campus. Um, I, I, I do wonder, is there any part of you when you, you know, I don't know if you watch NFL games, but do you ever be like, man, I could go out there as a tight end and just beat the shit out of the whole league. Like, is that, do you ever see yourself like catching, catching a pass from Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis?
0: Cause I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, like I did play football in middle school for two years. That's the only two years I played football. And I played tight end and I played outside linebacker and running back. Like, yeah, I, sometimes I'm like, I, I do miss it. But I'm like, they were going after my knees and I'm trying to have my knees for basketball. But that would be cool to know, play on, in the NFL. Uh I don't know about the Colts. But, uh, hey, whoa, uh, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Uh, whoa. Yes. What, what? Who yes. do you like? Who do you like? Uh, okay. Let me. I'll let you guess. The Bengals. Oh no! Come on. I'm gonna say. It's it. You're not. I don't think you're gonna get it. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. I would. I'm just gonna guess the Rams. Oh no! Oh
2: well, (laughs) I was thinking the St. Louis connection because the Cardinals. I thought maybe.
0: Is it the Bears? No, my my cousins love the Bears. I do not. Hmm. I'm I a Giants fan. Giants. Why the Giants? Uh, Victor Cruz. Oh,
2: all right. I mean, I okay.
0: Yeah, Eli Manning, Victor Cruz. All right, all right, but not bad. Yeah. Not I bad. guess you're oh, a little real? too
1: young to have appreciated Peyton's prime, but you're, you're, you're going to get back on the Colts train. Anthony Richardson's going to bring you around. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Look, he's not I'm buying not it. All- it just yet I don't know I gotta see him <laughs> play an, an official NFL game
2: and, and we'll find out that's fair
1: that's fair I don't know all both. right
2: Peyton look it's your first week of class your your first Friday off we've taken up over an hour of your time uh hey man Ward and I talked about it after this weekend getting to meet you even though you ignored us for, for many months. But but now that I hear your reasoning, I actually respect it and, and think it was the wise decision. But you have an infectious personality, my friend. Your smile lights up the room. You are so present and invested. You were invested in our championship team, but you were invested in the whole weekend. Every time I saw you, you were talking to somebody. You had a smile on your face talking about indiana being your dream school it's what we all want to hear you seem to be uh, and and are a team first guy when i when i asked michael lewis you know what are we getting in peyton and i watched you a bunch last year michael said you're not going to find somebody who works harder like he will bust his ass for you and and indiana's his dream school so it we are so happy to have you at indiana i'm so happy that your path no matter how many turns it took, got you here. Um, I do want to ask one question that I think is is a funny um, story. I heard that last year at Ball State, there was like an NIL opportunity for you, and you guys, you and your family, like, turned it down because either you thought it was illegal or you thought, like, you didn't want to deal with the taxes.
0: Is that true? No, it was, I, it, I wouldn't say it was either one of those things. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I just, and I, like money, nil was not like my. Like, that's not what I want to play for. So, like, I want to play basketball. I want to get to my dreams. Like, money's like the last thing I'm really prioritizing. Like, like yeah, that's that's my reasoning. Well, but,
1: you 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 say all the things we want to hear, but not because you know that's what we want to hear it's clearly just who you are and we're so glad you're at iu and knowing that coach woodson and his staff are recruiting players like you and and all your teammates who we've gotten to know through the show and weekends like this last weekend um we just couldn't be more excited that that you and your game and your attitude and personality are now officially indiana hoosiers
0: yeah i'm I'm ecstatic it was great meeting you guys and continue to talk with you guys and it's just i'm happy to be here and uh i'm excited so yeah
2: well peyton thank you again thanks for taking the time and remember thank you guys remember the we'll always have the
0: championship
2: <laughs> yeah yes sir that was a guest that was a guest i mean ward you and i talked about it right we met him over the weekend um and we were like this guy's awesome i mean this guy is just so awesome well, And then getting a dedicated hour plus with him, I, what you just said at the end was the perfect thing. He says every single thing that Indiana fans want to hear, but not because we want to hear them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it, it just pours out of him. It just team first, dive on the floor, take charges, work hard, attack the rim with a reckless abandon, not playing for money. Um, and I'll even add in, the fact that he likes Monsters, Inc. and Toy Story. I mean, <laughs> honestly, he's just a real dude. I I love him. He's comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. You know, considering
1: your attitude about him as we were leaving Buffaloes, knowing Aided he was him. in the car waiting to pick up Anthony, you're like, well, I'm going to, why is that guy ignored us? Da, 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 da. We interact with him for three minutes at the curbside and we walk back into Buffalo. boy and like, what a great dude. That dude's awesome. And that, that within himself, he has that um, fun, sweet, funny, gentle giant, but then he, he gets onto the hardwood and he's just a
2: beast and he's just going to go after you. It's the best of both worlds. It is. And again, I go back toward in this day and age where the transfer portal is mostly there for people to either maximize NIL, right? We know that or go to a place where I'm going to be guaranteed shooting and I'm going to be the lead dog and I'm going to start. This guy could have shot 20 times a game in ball state for the next two years or gone somewhere else where he would be guaranteed to start. He decides to come to Indiana. Doesn't really care about the NIL. Doesn't really care if he's going to start, doesn't care how much he's going to play, just wants to come to his dream school and compete and God team first, you know, balls to the wall effort. Uh, You got, and, and I'll, I'll tell you what else, the fact that he admitted and acknowledged that conditioning has been a problem for him. Like that is, that just shows, I think, a level of maturity that you don't get that often from these guys who many of them think they're just invincible and and already a fully formed product. He knows he's not, and he's coming to a place that's going to help get him there.
1: Well, and I think that's admirable, too, whereas he's clearly all about the team and this being his dream school and success is defined by championships, not by individual accolades he's going to become a better basketball player in these next couple of years by going against IU players in practice and going against big 10 and other blue blood opponents when the season rolls around. And so I think it's to say, Hey, it's, it's not about just getting star Wars number statistics, no matter where the school is, it's about going against the best competition possible no doubt he'll be a much better player two years from now than he would if, if he stuck with the Mac in that level of competition for the rest of his collegiate career.
2: I also loved hearing him talk about, you know, Malik and Khalil are obviously guys who have an expanded game. Khalil we knew coming in, Malik we knew wanted to work on it. But Peyton's a guy who's never had to guard anybody outside the blocks before. And the fact that you know he's got the strength down low to battle a guy in the blocks... But now he's got to guard guys that are stepping out to the three-point line where he's got to use lateral movement. That's going to make him better. And when he said that they're expanding his game so that he could bring the ball up the court a little bit, can you imagine a full-speed Peyton Sparks bringing the ball up the
1: court? Uh, I would not want to be waiting for him down, down in the lane, certainly. And I did think it was interesting that he thought the bigger adjustment was on the speed of the game rather than the physicality. Um, And certainly, you know, he showed up ready for the physicality of the Big Ten. But you got to be excited that he knows that's something he's working on, and I'm sure Cliff's helping him, where – you know, he may not, he may not need to play like 15 straight minutes, or maybe he will. You never know what's going to happen in the course of the season, but that that is the bigger adjustment. Cause I kind of think of those, you know, smaller lighter Mac guys zipping up and down the court, but no, I think, I think everything is notched up when you get to the big 10.
2: Yeah. And the truth is like Kent state was a really physical team. They're smaller for sure. But you know, and um, what's his name? The guy who used to be the um, Illinois coach, Groach. Grossy, uh, gross. I like to just call him it. gross. But he's at Akron. They play a really difficult, tough style. And Peyton is a guy who looks for physicality. So, you know, in physical contact. So it, I think what's going to be surprising is just the overall size, you know, at the big 10 there, everybody's bigger, but yeah, you're right. The speed, I wasn't expecting him to say that. And again, It's great that he knows that that's a weakness and where he can focus with Cliff. And, you know, Cliff is all about upping his his, you know, conditioning to make sure that he can go. And here's the other part. He's not going to be asked to play 30 minutes a game. Yeah.
1: You know, we're at ball. He he was. He can just get in there for his his runs and just get after it. And I love sort of the complementary components of our front court. You know we, know, we know Matt could come down there if he needs to, if the matchup calls for it. But when you think about just the sheer height and skill and athleticism of Khalil, you've got Malik with a really nice touch around the rim, and he can stretch now, but he's big and strong. You have Anthony, who's super fast and athletic and bouncy and gets after wow. it and long and then and then you've got Peyton just who can just push anybody out of the way he wants to depending on the matchups I think you've
2: got a lot of pieces to work with there I gotta tell you (laughs) the idea of thinking about and I do think this is why like exhibition games and pre-conference games are gonna be so much fun because I I've never been a big believer in watching a second unit play five and five but Gabe Cup's running point, C.J. Gunn at the two, Caleb Banks at the three, Anthony Walker at the four, and Peyton Sparks at the five, that's a fun unit to, like, get excited about. I mean, it's, like you said, there's so many complimentary pieces there, and I don't know, I, like, get really excited about, especially early in the season, I do kind of want to see that unit play together and
1: just see what they're like absolutely because it's not only like hey these are guys that we're going to count on this season but it's also where the program's at like that's the that's the future i should say because you know i think a lot of the guys in the starting five this year won't be around next year right. and so for those guys to get crucial run crucial run together that's going to help us not
2: just this season but beyond it's also when you go through each one of those guys in the second unit they are the perfect prototype for that position. Gabe Cups is a perfect point guard, like that's what he is built for. CJ Gunn is a perfect two guard with great size, you know, and and obviously he's got to, his shot's got to come around, but that's what he's supposed to be. Caleb Banks is the perfect modern three. Six, seven, six, eight, long, active, can shoot from the outside, is just a scorer. Anthony Walker is the perfect modern four, can stretch it a little, athletic, can run like the day is long. And then Peyton is your beast inside. You know, it is that is a fun unit to think about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what and we forgot? What to have him. have him do, but the sometimes why? Should I pull it from somebody else? You got to put Woody in. Okay. I'll grab you. Got to put Woody in. You got to put Woody in. I just, uh, Man, what a great dude! Uh, you know, I, I I hate harping on the no, I don't hate harping on the fantasy camp, but that whole weekend, fan fest, fantasy camp. I just I wish every fan would realize the the exposure you get to these guys and how much fun it is. Even if all you can do is come to the fan fest, the autograph lines, the pictures, the hanging out after, like before and after, just getting to know them a little bit. It is a unique experience, and I hope those who didn't come last uh, this last weekend will come next year, and you heard from him, it blew him away, yeah. right? I mean, like, that was his welcome to Indiana basketball, and, and we've talked about this, Ward. Of course, it's an NIL event. Of course, we're raising money to give to NIL because we know that that's going to help Indiana attract the best players and keep the best players, but it is also to show the players You aren't just playing for yourself, your teammates, and your coaches. You are playing for Hoosier Nation, and it is meaningful to these people in a way that I don't think most people are used to thinking about fans as. And I can't help but think that that helps them when they're you know, having to practice extra early, go that extra, put up those extra 100 shots, do that extra workout that you weren't going to do before. Give it that one extra inch that you didn't have before is for those people that it means everything to. Because you play for your family, you play for your teammates,
1: you play for your coaches. Um, And I think all of our guys have all of that in spades. They've got great families, great teammates, great coaches. Um, But when, you know, it's coming down to the wire, they're exhausted, and you've got 17,000 of those extra invested fans that they've interacted with. And look, it's, it's hard to get that kind of moment with these players. They're stars, and they're not only Indiana basketball stars, but they also have to go to class, and they also need to have any kind of personal life they can. So, you know, whether they're walking around on campus or going out to get a bite to eat, you know, I'm sure they're happy to sign an autograph or take a picture, but you're not, you're not going to get that time that's expressly dedicated by them to meet you and to interact with you and that they're not rushing off to, to get to a practice or get to a class. So I think that's what's great about the whole weekend. And of course the fan fest in particular, they are there to do that. And it isn't, about a paycheck for them you can see it in their eyes and what they say and how they say it they love it and yeah i'm just so glad i'm just so glad we got to do it again despite what anybody in indianapolis was trying
2: to do yeah i agree uh follow us on twitter at hoosier hysterics for the hysterics no e no i too long too long I know you were distracted by the championship w- net, but let's do it again.
1: I was nauseated by the championship net.
2: Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the Hysterics, no E. Put that down and I'll say it. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the Hysterics, no E, no Y. I. I said no Y. Because <laughs> I I knew you were going to pull some shit. <laughs> We will talk to you next week. Give us some slack. You know we'll be right back. We're not going far, we're just getting more cigars, more cigars.
1: We love cigars.
0: Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself.